Welcome to Changing Light Bulbs, the podcast that's dedicated to innovation and transformation in all of their forms. I am your host, Greg R. McGovern, and my journey continues today with Elizabeth, who helps individuals with special needs make positive change in their lives toward an independent future. Based on her experience, I believe that her perspective on change is quite interesting. Specifically, as change leaders, we often see the world in a specific way. And when we're dealing with individuals who are resisting that change, we often try to force or push things on those individuals. And as Elizabeth rightly points out, that means sometimes we're getting in our own way and actually preventing the change that we want to occur. This element, among a number of other things that she's mentioned, were very impactful to me in my journey in understanding change and transformation. In any case, thanks for taking the time to listen to our conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. Please take a listen. So Elizabeth, thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast today. Thanks for inviting me. So we always start just to kind of break the ice with a piece of art, song, music, anything that's kind of impacted your life in a positive way. Um, the book, The Red Tent, was, is one that sticks with me, and then Freakonomics and being in education and not in business. It was just one of those weird books that I read and like every once in a while things pop back into my head like from that like you know when you feel like you're on the hamster wheel or something like that and like one of the little quotes or one of the little you know side notes and anecdotes will kind of pop into my head. So what was the red tent? Um, The red tent is like a biblical story and not for any real religious or anything like that reasons is almost is it almost takes the historical component of like the role of women. Um, back in that time. All right. So, so what do you do professionally? Uh, so I'm in my 20th year as a teacher. Um, the first five, um, were just general classroom and, uh, the last 15 have been as an, um, teacher of the deaf and hard of hearing. Um, and most recently, uh, or not necessarily most recently, but specifically my time, uh, in deaf education has been with um, students and families who have chosen spoken language okay. as their mode of communication. Okay. Um, so instead of going the ASL or sign language uh, route, so we're using residual hearing and technology to develop spoken language and listening skills. So tell me a little bit about kind of, you know, working with these kids and, and some of the changes that they go through. Uh, sure. So most of the students I work with, it's a wide range of abilities and things like that. And what we've kind of seen over the past, I would say almost like the past 15, even a little bit longer um, years is because there's so many life-saving things that can happen at birth, we're seeing kids who have all sorts of different exceptionalities, all sorts of strengths and weaknesses. Um, and it, there's not really any cookie cutter kind of things that are going on. So every day you're kind of looking, saying, okay, what's today? Right, right. Um, so I have some students who um, really, if you looked at them, you'd say, oh, they just were hearing aids. And I have some students um, who are quite uh, compromised and need full care right. um, and things like that. And so um, for us, there's been a big shift um, on our team pretty much and it's basically was a philosophical switch so we used to kind of just work on how do we get you the vocab how do we get you the language how do you yeah. get the pragmatics of having a conversation and things like that um, as well as saying you know this is your science vocabulary these are all new words right 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 you need to know that um, and then it kind of switched to knowing and understanding that like I'm not an expert in algebra right. and trig so what tools am I giving you so that you can seek out 
kind of the help that you need, um, which was a more dynamic shift in terms of our time working with the students. So I work kind of one-on-one, -on -one, almost like a, it's a pull-out okay. uh, session uh, for usually with the students. So the big shift for us was giving kind of that advocacy role to the kids instead of doing it for them. So empowering them to actually right. do the work. So now it's, you know, how do you ask a good question? Right. How do you tell an adult who's right. someone you may not feel really comfortable talking to? Um, or how do you tell another sixth grade girl? Um, or how do you kind right. of tell your coach or something? You know, I heard you say this. I didn't hear the, the right. second part. This is what I need. This is what I'm working on. This is what I would like you to help me uh, with, um, which is a big change, but it's been more impactful. So then that's kind of stuck, you know, right. who really cares if you know the medieval times right, right. vocab <laughs> for your test yeah. um, and things like that. And I think more so for, um, for me and the way I look at the kids now is I'm, I'm looking for how they're interacting, um, interacting with me, interacting with their peers, interacting with their teachers, interacting with their you know, assignments. And then we're just looking for what are those skills that they need yeah, yeah. that are gonna kind of take them way further. Um, so- A more of an individualized plan. Uh, yeah, it is and it isn't. You know, there's certain developmental skills around advocacy and, right. and asking for help in the language that you need to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 90% of what you learn is overheard. Um, so, you know, in taking that into your life beyond school, the water cooler chats, right. who's talking in their cubicle, what was said when someone walked past you Thanks. in the hallway, all of those things are becoming more accessible, but those are the things that the kids need to learn to tune into or else they miss it. And right, then that's right. a missed opportunity. It's almost like learning by osmosis. You're picking up things as you're going through the office or through your classroom and stuff like that. And those yeah. are the skills that they need to have. So yeah, for us, it's a momentous occasion when one of our kids swears, you know, for the first time, because you know, I didn't sit down with you with a flashcard and say, <laughs> this is this, you know, they overheard it. They overheard um, it they so it's mortifying, own. but at the same time, you're like, Oh, yay. You yeah, know, like yeah. you have the skills now to, to be out in kind of in the, the in real world. Fantastic. Um, so what, what precipitated that change from an educational perspective? You said it happened kind of 15 odd years ago. Um, well, I think part of the change was the, we're now working with kids who have more diagnosed, more specifically diagnosed, okay. yeah, yeah. you know, learning styles um, and exceptionalities and things like that. And, um, you know, for us, it was about working smarter it's really, you have to get out of your own way right. sometimes, yeah, yeah. right? And look at a situation and say, what am I, like, how is what I'm doing impacting this situation? What value am I providing? Right. Or what am I impeding? Right. <laughs> like, right. does this matter? Yeah. Right. Like, does you tapping your pencil, you know, on yeah. the table, if I call you out on that, is that going to send you, you know, into a tailspin? Right. Or can I just say, you know what? I'm uncomfortable with that, but I'm going to own that and just let it go. There was a day I spent 45 minutes on a square has four sides. How many sides does a square have? Four. <laughs> nope. Three. They, like, and, yeah. and I got to a point where I was like, why? But th that was me yeah. being on my agenda. And I was like, but if you kind of get out of your own way, you're like, you know what? This isn't going to happen today. 
So we can all get frustrated about this or we can shelve it and we can move on. Yeah. Getting out of your own way is a, is a very powerful thought. Anything else? Um, and also understanding you're not the sole keeper of all the knowledge. Um, which as a teacher, you, that's kind of the joy of the job. Like you, <laughs> you know, know it all yeah, you know and you're just imparting, right? Yeah, you're right, you're right. giving away all of your vast yeah. knowledge um, to see what, you know, someone else is going to do with it. Um, but, you know, stepping back and saying like, I'm not the expert right. in all of this. Yeah. So that's a really interesting point because now you said, yeah, we don't know what the end game is. We don't know where they're going to go. So the first thing we got to do is kind of recognize we're not the experts, yeah. right? The second thing is is not be bothered by certain things that are maybe inappropriate, you know, maybe inappropriate kind of actions that they take, but that don't really impact very much, right? And then the last thing is that kind of philosophy that you talked about, which is changing how you approach it. Rather than trying to teach them the things that are on this test, Let's try to give them the skills that they'll be able to manage that. Is that kind of? Yeah, for sure. I mean, in, in starting in JK, like we have three and a half year olds who may or may not even have age appropriate language. Yeah, yeah. Who may have been home the whole time with their mom. And we're like, here you go for six hours. Like, figure it out. You have to have some resiliency skills. You know, you've got the middle school years where you're having three and four different teachers. How do you deal with difficult personalities? Yeah, How yeah. do you deal with people who you don't necessarily see eye to eye with? That's kind of been the shift is to give that language. So what's the key for what, what do they need mm -hmm. to do that, to have that confidence? An adult that they trust. So assume that that's the teacher, but let's say yeah. an adult. You know, what do you have to do as an adult? Not feel threatened okay. that they don't, <laughs> that they're asking you. No. Um, but I think the biggest thing is is the ability to have them feel like they are listened to um, and and also to understand like some things can't change like you can feel that way but there's nothing I can do about that so what are the things that we can do moving forward so let's take us back to that you know the yeah. kid that now needs to make the change you know what do you do as, a, as an educator as a teacher to help them through that change process um, I think a lot of it is baby steps um, that you can't get to the end kind of without a lot of repeated exposure and, and modeling and it's a little bit of watering down the situation as well to kind right. of say but it's also a lot of preparation um, so you know even when we know something's coming up right it's kind of as the adult taking the opportunity to say hey listen your teacher's going on mat leave. Hey, listen, you're going into, you know, grade four right. next year. So it's April. So, you know, what do you want them to know? Right. What's going to make it easier for you? This year wasn't your greatest. What would you like to have seen happened? Um, and creating those scenarios kind of in the safe space yeah. of things that may never see the light of day. Yeah, but yeah. at least there's kind of a consideration that they had a voice in, you know, creating some change. On their own. Yeah. So I think building in those opportunities beforehand to kind of say, if this were me, this was, I would find this difficult. This is what I would do. So when you look back on it, 15 mm -hmm. years, what, what are the biggest lessons you took around how these kids develop? I think the biggest thing, especially with the students in special education that I work with, and even down to the students who really um, have very little communicate, it's, it's the communication 
piece. You know, you need to be able to express in some way, shape or form um, uh, what you want. Um, And like there's a Helen Keller quote that's like blindness. It's I'm going to butcher it. But she said blindness separates her from things, but deafness separates people from people. Language is that thing that connects you. It's what makes humans humans. And do you need somebody special both sides, like as a, as a student and as a teacher to make that work? Uh, sometimes, but then there's always those tough nuts to crack that right, you just yeah. kind of go, I'm going to get you. But those are the ones where it's more subtle. So it's, again, it's kind of, I feel like a lot of education is you just pour it in, you'll never see it. And you go, you know what, at some point you will you'll do it you'll turn the corner because you can see it's there they're just not ready for yeah. it yet um but again that's where you can't be like it's not on my timetable um it's interesting you say that because i think that was one of the things that i learned through mentoring was that this concept that you know i might be teaching something in my time i just have to accept the fact that they're going to learn it in their time yeah and once you kind of get over that then life becomes a really simple <laughs> you don't have yeah. to take it personally <laughs> exactly. like they didn't yeah. get it yeah yeah, yeah. So what about those tough nuts you said you know what do you how do you manage a tough nut that you know they have they have to change in some way what do you do to get through to them uh, um i don't know there's i wish there was like a magic way it's really finding something to connect right. about you know, it kind of comes down again to that, just the connection and then just the understanding too, that I'm willing to change too, right? Like it doesn't have to be all the other person or you don't have to like coming with me. You don't have to like our conversations, but I'm also very upfront and clear with them. This is why we're doing this, right? Right. You don't want to wear your hearing aids. Okay, that is fine. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a whole bunch of activities that are going to give you data and information. And then you can take that information and make an informed decision. And if you're not going to do it, what are you going to do instead? Throughout all those years, mm-hmm. anything unexpected that you learned? Oh, my gosh. Um, don't get too close to the kid who's going to hit you. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, there's been a lot of unexpected things, tragedies of things that happen or having 9-11 brought to you on a post-it note. Oh, wow. Yeah. And not seeing anything on the news until like three o'clock that afternoon. But just, you know, like someone knocks on your door, hands you a post-it note, like, read this, don't react. I and like your stomach drops. And you're, I literally sat there because at the time we were in Connecticut, so we were only an hour and a half out. Yeah. My parents commuted and like your stomach drops out. And it was like kind of one of those, it was a weird like last day of innocence. Like for these grade twos like you just kind of sat there and I'm like tomorrow they are going to come back with a ton of of questions and comments and what did I see on the news and what did I hear my parents talking about and what's going to happen and you're like that's not in bold print in the teacher's manual um so I think a lot of those on the fly you know things you kind of learn a lot about yourself yeah and again like there's some less is more in a lot of those conversations yeah, yeah. Um, and in a lot of conversations, yeah. you know, in those difficult moments. Imagine you're sitting across from that 21 year old Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. What would you say to her now looking back? Oh gosh. Um, gosh, I don't know. I was so eager and not that I'm not now. Now no. And I actually write this on the top of a lot of my pages, like sit quietly. Again, other people need time. Yeah. 
to get through, you know, and like that's kind of the, my kind of MO is like can kind of see where things are going, but it's giving everyone else time to get there. <laughs> that's great advice. It's a great place to end on. So thank you so much for taking this time. You're I really welcome. appreciate it. This concludes our episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it. For more information on the work that I do around innovation and transformation, please check out my website at www.changinglightbulbs.com. And for more information on our amazing sponsor, Delta Oversee, the software company that's dedicated to enabling positive, sustainable change and transformations for organizations, please check out their website at www.deltaoversee.info or give them a shout at 647-513-3582. Don't forget to mention that you heard about us on this podcast. Thanks again, and never forget to continually adapt and transform for tomorrow's reality.